Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. How come every time I say check, no one hands me checks? <laughs> I always wonder, I went around all those cold starting challenges and we do a mic check and I... They go, check, 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 check. And I was like, where's my checks, you guys? And they just roll their eyes at me and walk on, kind of like you guys are laughing. So I was like, like what's that? First. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I just, uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but anyway, I just love it. So it's, it's a great day, and it's a great time to be alive. That's some heavy stuff going on, though, you know, in our country. And so it, it's nice to know, even with all that heaviness, that we can still have peace, Amen. right? We can still, still have hope, and we still have it, because our hope doesn't come on what's external. Our hope comes from within, and who lives inside us. And the Bible says that greater is he that's in the world, right? No? What is it? Greater is he that is in me? Than he that is in the world, right? So anyway, so I got I got you tripped up, didn't I? Almost, <laughs> right? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Bible also says in this world we'll have tribulations. And it says, so go pout, have a fit, lay in your bed and feel sorry for yourself, because like there's nothing, you know. No, it doesn't. It says, but rejoice. How many of us, like when we feel bad or everything's going on, yes, thank you, Jesus, I stubbed my toe. (laughs) Right? Anybody ever done that? I know I do that. Right? I just got bucked off on my head and I'm laying there thinking, thank you, Jesus, I broke ribs or I did this or I did that. Hallelujah. Woo! It's just the opposite of what we want to do. You know what I'm talking about? But the Bible says in this world we have tribulations, but rejoice. Why rejoice? Because he's overcome the world. He's overcome those situations. He's overcome those problems. And, and he's greater than anything. Man, he's the dude that created the heavens and the earth. You know what I'm talking about? He created that. He's a creator. More, when we say the heavens, he created the universe. And it's so expansive they can't even find an end to it. Do you hear what I'm talking about? That's how big our God is. And he made us in his image. And he made us in his likeness. And he wants to do great things in our lives. And so we can trust him. Even when it looks like all hell's breaking loose. And the world's falling apart. And we see see attacks everywhere on, on the church. And on pastors. And, and that's not nothing new. It's happening all over the world. And we probably got it way easier in some places. Do you hear what I'm talking about? So, so we can rejoice and say, you know something, Father? I thank you that you're doing great things and that you're moving in our lives and you're moving in the hearts and you're making a way where there seems to be no way. Right? I know there's some people probably who are going through some stuff and you're like, well, you're just cheery, man. I don't know what, what they put in your Cheerios, but, but, but anyway, that's why it matters what cereal you eat. <laughs> you know as I was asking someone I kept asking I say, where do you want to meet and they're like I don't know do you want to meet here no there no 
they're always flaking out on me, and I figured out why. They're eating cornflakes. <laughs> right? And so I just like, you know what? I'm just going to eat Cheerios. Right? And then, then I'm, woohoo! You know? So the key is Cheerios, right? So, so anyway, but let's, let's pray. I want to pray, as I, as I prayed up in the service, or the message, I want to pray um, for our country. I also want to pray for our president and the first lady and the people that are, are the Bible. Uh, at, uh, actually, it's a command. He said, pray for kings and people who are in authority o- over us. And so, so um, I want to honor, honor our president and pray for him and pray for a quick healing, whether you like him or not, whether you're out there and you don't like him or not. The Bible says we're, we're to pray for him. And so, so um, anyway, I'm going to let's, let's pray. And, and lift him up. And so, whew, Father, I thank you so much that you're not surprised by anything and that you're still in control and you're, you're still on the throne and, and, and your plans and, and, and your ways never change, Father. So, Father, I just thank you that, that, that you've given us this great country to live in. I thank you for the freedoms that you've given us and the freedoms to, to worship and the freedoms to live. And, and I just ask that you guard this great country, that you guard her and, and keep her safe, Father God, and, and, and keep her walking in the freedom that, that you've designed for her, Father God, and include everyone in it. But, Father, I also ask that, that you heal our president. I, Father, I pray that you just surround him and his family and his wife and everyone who's been affected, not just the president, but everyone on, on, on this planet who's affected by this. We just lift them up, Father God, and ask for a quick healing and, and, and that you just eradicate the, this evil, um, this, this nasty plague from from the earth father god we we know it's it's here but you said in your word that no plague shall come near our dwelling so we cover every one of our people here at this church and everyone that we know and come into contact with father and we thank you that your word says no plague shall come nigh our dwelling and so we thank you for that we thank thank you for all your promises are yes and amen and we just give you the praise and the honor for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So, um, I was praying about what to talk about. And um, on Wednesday, something came up and I was talking about, um, I was reminded of the Kentucky Derby. You're like, horse racing. We're in church, Pastor James. You can't talk about horse racing. Well, I'm going to, <laughs> right? And so, anyway, um, there's a horse. Like this year's been so weird because like they they mess up. Like I always like my my because um, usually the Kentucky Derby is like in May, right? And it's the first leg of the Triple Crown, right? And then they go to the Preakness Stakes, and then they have the Belmont. Well, the Kentucky Derby is a certain length, and then the Preakness is shorter, but the Belmont's the longest race, right? Well, it was weird this year because they ran, ran them backwards, right? They they 
ran the Belmont first, and then they ran the Kentucky Derby, and then just yesterday they ran the Preakness Stakes, right? Like it's not even backwards, it's like all scrambled up, it's kind of like our year. You know what I'm talking about? So like it's October and they're running the Preakness Stakes, good lord, you know? And so, so, but I was thinking about the Kentucky Derby because um, there's a horse named Authentic who won the Kentucky Derby. And it, it was really cool because the horse that won the, the Belmont, his name was Tis the Law. And I was like, like, is God talking to us, right? And so, so but, but what it made me think about when I hear about um, a horse named Authentic was, was in, in is like in the 1970s, there was a horse that ran the fastest Kentucky Derby ever. And you know what his name was? was Sham. Sham. Yeah? See, you're getting ahead of me here. You guys know your horse racing, right? Right? His name was Sham. And so I thought that was kind of ironic that we have authentic winning, and then we have a horse named Sham who, who ran the, the fastest Kentucky Derby of the time, except for one thing. There's another horse by the name of Secretariat, right? And Secretariat took off and outran him, right? And so, so he outran him in the Kentucky Derby. He ran the fastest pre Preakness ever, still to this day. And then they went to the Belmont Stakes. Now what's funny is Sham had won a race. He had beat Secretariat once earlier in the year. And so they're coming down to the Belmont Stakes and all this stuff's on top of them and and they're not sure, he, like, like Secretariat has to win this race, but Sham's like this big, bold, you know, I'm going to, you know, black horse. It's fitting color, you know, for, for the villain in the story. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you couldn't have scripted it any better, you know? They hear Sham's running, and they take off in the Belmont Stakes. And here's Sham running with Secretariat. And uh, as they're running, Secretariat jumps out in the lead, and then Sham comes up. And almost passes him, and then Secretariat, something clicks in him. And he catches another gear, and he comes up, and he looks Sham in the eyes and just paces with him for a minute. And then the jockeys behind said that when they saw, when, when Sham looked into Secretariat's eyes, it just, broke his, it just broke his heart, and he just quit running. And Secretariat took off and won the Belmont Stakes, not by... No, not just by a little, by one length, but by 31 lengths and set a record that no one's ever matched. Now, Sham, Sham finished back 45 lengths behind. He didn't even place. I think he was in last place. Everybody was afraid of these two horses. And I was just thinking about that because there's so much in our life where, where we think that that um, <clears throat> there's so many shams that are being thrown at us. There's so many stuff that just isn't so, right? People telling us this or that. And, and it's really not, not the truth, and it's not the way that God designed stuff. And, and um, there's actually a scripture, and it's in Psalms chapter 1, and it says this. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. 
what is he saying? He's like, like there's so many shams out there that are wanting to take us down, that that are wanting to get us believing this or or that instead of believing what the Word of God says. You know what I'm talking about? Now it's funny because in the Greek, secretariat goes back to a, a a word that we know, and it's called ecclesia. Do you know what ecclesia is? It's a gathering. It's a body. It's the church, right? And so, so maybe those shams look like they're going to win, and maybe those things look like they're going to defeat us. But when they look us in the eye and they see Jesus in us, they can't help but know that we have the victory and, and, and that's going to be defeated, right? Because the truth always conquers, right? What I find pretty cool is yesterday in the Preakness Stakes, there's a horse, um, authentic run, but he got beat. He, he got beat by, by a mare, a filly, that ran the second fastest preakness in the history of racing. Now watch this. Secretariat ran the, ran the preakness in like a minute and 23 seconds. She ran it in a minute 23, or a minute 23, 28, something like that. Just barely behind her. Now, she didn't run in any of the other races with the boys, but she ran in the Kentucky Oaks, which is the female version of the Kentucky Derby, and she, she got second to a horse called um, She Dares the Devil. Or, right? Now, what's funny is this mare, her mom's name is Dares the Devil, and the other horse who won was a sister to her out of the same mom, and her name was Dares the Devil. And so I was like, sometimes it's like God's talking to us. And he's just like, like, how dare you, enemy, try to step on what I'm doing because I'm going to win anyway. You know what I'm talking about? There's nothing that you can do to defeat me because even when I'm down, I'm going to rejoice because God's overcome the world. Do you hear what I'm talking about? And so we see so many of these things in life and, and God's always talking to us. In all different ways. And if he can't get my attention any other way, he's going to talk to me through horses. Right? Through a horse race. Through a football game. He's always out there talking to you. To you out there too. Thank you for tuning in. But I know God's talking to you right now. He's been talking to you through the football games and through, through car races and through everything else. Because he's going to reach you any way he can. Because he loves you that much. Isn't that awesome? And so I was just thinking about how we don't fall for, for the schemes of the wicked. And we don't need counsel from the wicked, right? Because we've got the word of God. And what does the Bible say? And how does the Bible go? And, and stuff like that. I know we have an election coming up, and I'm, I plan on voting. And I'd encourage you guys to vote, too. If you want to know how I vote, I vote my conscience through the, what the word of God says. And so, because I believe that there's a choice between life and death. And there's not a good and evil, there's life and death. And so I vote my conscience with what does the Bible say? And that's how, how I, I vote. Not according to personalities or people, but I vote according to principles. Does that make sense? And so I find out what is, what is God telling you? What is God showing you? What, what do the people stand for? Where do they stand and then, then pray about it and make your choice. Because it's important. We all should make the choice. And you want to know who I'm voting for? 
not hard to figure out, right? Um, and it's not a secret, so glad to tell everyone. But you guys make your own choice, so pray about it. Follow the Holy Spirit and let, let him lead you. Okay, but blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, what is he saying, the law of the Lord? What is the law of the Lord? We, when we think of the law, we don't realize that what he's talking about is, is the Torah. You know what the Torah is? It's the five books of, of Moses, right? So he's talking about the, the, um, from Genesis to, to Deuteronomy, right? And so but that goes for... When, when they wrote this, Psalms was just being written, right? So what they have, they have. So you can meditate not, not just on the Torah, but on the scriptures, right? And find what God's saying about that. And, and you're like, well, what do you mean medic, meditate? Like that's some Eastern woo-woo stuff. <laughs> well, it's kind of Western woo-woo stuff, you know, right? Because I'm telling you, whether you realize it or not, you meditate, right? You're like, well, prove, how, how's that? You ever have something bad happen? And then all you can think about is that, and it's, you're just going over and over, or you're worried about something happening. And so all you think about is this just goes in your mind. It's like a record player, and it just goes over and over and over in your mind. Well, well that's meditating, Right? Those cowboys, we have, when you look at a cow, you know what she does? She'll go and she'll grab a piece of grass and she'll stick it in her mouth. Well, not with her hands. <laughs> right? She'll stick it in her mouth with her hoof. Right? She'll stick it in her mouth and she'll start chewing. You can't see me chewing because I got a mask on. Right? And she'll chew and chew and chew. And then she'll swallow it. And then up it comes again. And she'll chew, and she'll chew, and she'll chew on it. Until it gets so, so fine that it ends up getting unchewable, right? But we know that's what we can do with the Word of God in His promises. His promises are all yes and amen. Right? right? You may have, have, have a bad report from, from the doctor. What I do is I, I go to my... My promise is Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who heals all my diseases. And so I'll just go to say, thank you, Father, that you've, you've, I've got benefits, and you heal all my diseases, and, and, and you provide all my needs according not to my, my ability, but to your riches and glory. And as I'm meditating on that, you know what, I find that I get the answer, you know, and I find that instead of taking it in my power and in my strength, I'm saying, do you know something, this is bigger than me, so here, you can have it. You know what I'm talking about? So there's so much stuff that's so much bigger than we are that we can't handle it, so when we, but, but then we try in our mind, and all we do end up doing is torturing ourselves. You know what I'm talking about? And it robs our peace and it robs our hope. And then pretty soon we start acting out of fear 
instead of acting out of the faith that God puts in our heart, and then everything turns really, really bad after that, right? Not that God can't work it out, but in the first place, if we can just seek God first and just find what he says about the situation first and then just pray, talk to him. And when I pray, I'm like, Father, I thank you that you hear me. How, where did I get that from Jesus? Right? When he, when he was at the grave, right, uh, of Lazarus, what did he do? He, he's like, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Right? And I know if he hears me, I know that he's going to answer me. And I know he's going to make a way. Because I'm praying not according to what I think, but I'm praying according to what he said. That doesn't mean we're not going to face challenges. Right? In fact, me and my son, we talk a lot. And one of the things we're talking about is like, um, <clears throat> we both kind of like challenges. Right? I think, I think their challenges are good for us. Do you know why? Because the greater the challenge, the greater the victory. Sometimes we're, we see these big challenges and we think, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do it? And now we can say, hallelujah, I wonder what God's going to do now. Right? And so we get to live in, in a time where, where we can face these challenges. Everybody in the Bible that is in the Bible had some sort of challenge to conquer. Look at King David. And you think, the first thing you think of is Goliath, but that wasn't his first challenge. His dad sent him out to take care of the sheep. Right? His dad didn't even think enough of him to invite him to the party when Samuel was, was anointing the king because he didn't even think David had a shot to be it. And you know something? There's people out there who don't give you a shot for anything. And I want to tell you something, they're wrong. Because God doesn't look on the outside, He looks at the heart. Amen. And He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And He'll use you in ways that you didn't even think were possible. Because you're like, here I am, Father. Use me. Take me. I, I'm yours. Let's do something great. I know there's going to be obstacles, and I know there's going to be challenges, and I know there's going to be problems. But guess what? I thank you that you overcome the world, and I'm going to rejoice. And now I'm thinking like you think, right? He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. Well, how do we fix that? Well, he tells us what his thoughts are. So, right? So now we know how to get in line with his thoughts and his thinking and we get, get in line and say, hey, yeah, this is what you say. I really don't see it, but, but I'm going to trust you, even though I don't see what you said. That's what David had, had to do. Look at Abraham. Abraham and Sarah. He was 100, and she was 90. Man, starting a family at 100 and, and at 90? Look what God did. But God was faithful to his word and faithful to his promise. And it's never too late for God to do what he promised in your life. You're never too old. You're never, God's never done with you. If you're breathing, God's still got a plan and a purpose for you. And your dreams are still alive. You guys hear what I'm talking about? So it says this, and meditates on the law day and night. So that's what they're thinking. Now, now for, for the Jewish people and for God's people, 
which, which is us. We're, we're actually, as of October 2nd, we entered another feast. It's the seventh and last feast um, uh, on the schedule. They're, they call them Moedim. And really what they're called is appointments. And so they're appointments with God. They're invitations for, from God to meet with him. And, and they all have so much rich stuff from Passover to the first fruits to, to the month of Elul and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We just talked about Yom Kippur, right? But now we're going into a place called Sukkot. And Sukkot is where it's called the Feast of Boots. And it comes from Sukkot because it comes from Genesis 33 where Jacob pitched a tent. And, and they called it a Sukkot. And so, and then in Leviticus 23, it talks about, and you shall have the Feast of Booths, so, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And remember that it was the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery. Everything's about bringing into remembrance that it's God who is our victory, that it's God who brought us out. See, I once was lost and miserable and rotten, but I met Jesus. And you know what he did? He changed my life. And so now I get to remember, hey, I once was in the wilderness too, right? I once was in slavery, but then God brought me out. Maybe I went through some wilderness, and maybe I had to stay in a suit coat. I know we had to stay in a travel trailer for two years, right? And that was probably an upgrade from their suit coats and wondering in the, you know what I'm talking about? And so, so here God brought us out. Uh, of Egypt and brought us out of slavery and set us in a good place and now we're, we're under the stars and we're in a harvest and in harvest in Sukkot it's not just for the Jewish people but everyone is invited and, and it, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a sign to, to everybody and to the Jewish people that God is going to bring all people into him and it's happened for years I want to tell you something. It's funny that it come after Yom Kippur because Yom Kippur is when the high priest goes before God and it's accepted. And when, when Jesus went before God, the, the veil was torn and we have complete access to all of us. Do you, Gentile, I don't care who you are or what you believe, God loves you and he, you have access to him because of what Jesus done. So now we're, it's a celebration, it's a feast. And so, so they're harvesting and everybody's invited and everybody's benefiting. And it's, and it, it's a messianic age. Um, it's like it's, we're prophesying, but we're celebrating Jesus. But one of the things I love is that it's called the Feast of Tabernacles. When I see it, it means that Jesus come and tabernacles in us and with us. And there's something really powerful about that. See, if the church, if we can get a, a whole, uh, uh, like the New Testament's great, but we can go back to the Old Testament too and find a lot of Jesus in it. You hear what I'm saying? And we'll find enough of Jesus that we'll get set free. Like we think meditating on the law, well, I'm just going to go to the Ten Commandments and read the Ten Commandments. That's not, that's not the whole law, right? It sums it up because Jesus made it. He said, said Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And you kept all the law. Why? Because that's what it dealt with. Right? You're, the way you deal with God and the way you deal with man. And that's through the cross. And you can't do that on your own. Right? I'll tell you something. There's something the Holy Spirit really 
said, hey, you know, the Bible says that he convicts the sinners of the sin, but he convicts the righteous of their righteousness. So when we're making a mistake, he says, hey, you're a son. This is what sons do. This is what sons do. And so every once in a while, well, actually not every once in a while, quite a bit, you know, I get to grow. And I can hear the Holy Spirit say, hey, you're a son, and you're neglecting this or you're neglecting that. And I found this week you really convicted me of breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Most of you guys are like going right to the killing, stealing, and all the other stuff. And you forget there's more. There's another one. And it's the Sabbath. He says, you'll remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, he's just, like, like for me, like a lot, a lot of believers take Sunday, like you guys take Sunday, and you're remembering the Sabbath. There's something holy about what you're doing because you're giving God your time. And you're saying, God, I'm honoring you above everything else. Some of you guys are watching right now. You're doing a Sabbath too because, like, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to take time to, to watch and to listen and to hear God's word and to celebrate and to worship. That's the Sabbath, right? That's a rest, right? For the Jewish people, we have it's called Shabbat. And so, and I miss Shabbat. And it starts on Friday night, and then it runs till Saturday night. And so what they do, what we do is, like, like we'll light a candle. And then my wife is the one who always says a blessing, and, and her hands go like this. You know, because he's ushering in God's presence. And there's a meal and there's a celebration. Then we bless our kids. May the Lord bless you like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Or, or the daughters like, like um, Rebecca and Leah and, and Rachel, you know. And so there's a, a blessing that, that's going out. And when we remember that and we have that, and I miss it so much. And it made me miss it because I was like... You know something? I get so busy sometimes that I forget that I need to take time for God. And God's like, hey, I want you to rest in me. I want you to rest. I want you to take some time where you can just not take in time like my daily studies or, or studying for messages, but time just for me and you. Because I want to spend time with you. That's the Sabbath. That's keeping it. And so, so we read in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5 where he's talking about the Sabbath. And it's not just for you. It's a lot like, like um, Sukkot. Because he, he's like, um, Deuteronomy 5.12 says, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And you should not do any work. And then not make your maid servant or your daughter or any of those other or the alien. And then on 15 aliens, like there are UFOs. They're talking about Mars. Right? Okay, then it goes down to 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Now, now listen. What's he saying? He's saying this. He's saying, remember, you were slaves just like the children of Israel. Now listen, for 400 years, they didn't have a day of rest. They worked day and night, day after day after day. 
And then God brings them out of that bondage and brings him out of that that slavery. And now they're in in the wilderness, got through the Red Sea, right? And they they then got saved, baptized, sanctified, and they're going to the whole to the to the um, to the not the Holy Land, but the Promised Land. They're on their way there, and all they've known is bricks and mortar. Their whole life, all their thinking's been slavery, whips. Well, I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have no time to set back. And God says, you know what? And this was before God gave them the Ten Commandments. When He was giving them the manna from heaven, and when He was giving them the quail, He he said, six days you shall gather, and on the sixth day you'll gather twice as much, and you will rest. And they're like, rest? What's that? Their minds were so caught and and so set on work that they thought, I have to work. That some of them would do extra or grab more. And God said, all you need to take is an omer. An omer represents that God gives you everything that you'll ever need. It was more than enough. It wasn't that it was just giving them a lack. He was giving them more than enough. But a poverty mentality that we get that we can get will take us and say oh no God's trying to keep something from you when he's not he's trying to give us out of the abundance of who he is everything that we need for for life and godliness do you hear what I'm talking about Woo! I feel like a preacher today right and so here they are, and now, now God's instituting it. And then we come to the Ten Commandments, and God's like, I want you to take this. But I want you to remember, he's telling them, when he, when he made these Ten Commandments, he wasn't just making them to make a bunch of rules for them to follow. He was giving them this commandment because he was saying, I want you to remember, when we rest, we remember. But it's also something that's significant, that's even bigger and greater than, than something that's physical because we go to Hebrews chapter 3 and it says this Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 therefore holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling fix your thoughts on Jesus the apostle and high priest whom we confess he was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all God's house Jesus has been found worthy of great, a greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house has a greater honor than, than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was a faithful servant, was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to all what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house and we are his house if we hold on to the courage and hope of which we boast and I'm going to skip on over here to Hebrews chapter 4 but what, what's he saying he's, there's someone greater than Moses what, what's Proverbs telling us it's telling us that, that hey here, here's, here's um, the law well, you know what a lot of times we call it the books of Moses and he's saying there's something, something one greater than Moses that's here. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And the Sabbath, there's a Sabbath that's greater than just a physical Sabbath. And maybe sometimes we can't. Like I know farmers and ranchers, and sometimes you just got to work. 
You hear what I'm talking about? But there's a Sabbath that we can enter that is not a physical Sabbath. Not that the physical Sabbath isn't, isn't good, but that will deliver you and set you free when you get into it. Because the Bible says here in Hebrews chapter 4, Therefore, since, we have, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. So now watch this. <clears throat> What's he saying? There's a rest that we can enter into. Right? When we, under, under the law, there's all these laws and regulations and all this stuff, but God never intended it for us to live by the law. When he came down the mountain and said, here, this is what I'm going to put. This is what you got to keep. They should have fell on their face and said, there's no way we can do it. But they weren't. They're like, oh, we can do it all. God's like, you want to bet? So he had to make all these things to protect them, even in all their pride. We think that a lot today. We can get into where, oh, I can keep it. I can be good. I, I can do good. And then when we mess up, we think we're evil. And we're not. We just messed up. Do you hear what I'm talking about? And so it was never about good and evil. Now it's about life and death. And he's saying, when you enter my rest, you'll find life. But when you try to do it on your own, that's a hard way. He's like, I want you to come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And he says, and I will give you rest. Isn't that good news? There's a rest that we can find. There's a rest that comes through Jesus and only Him alone. And sometimes we get so weary that I want to tell you something. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus, you can enter that rest. I know you're tired and weary, but Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Maybe that's you. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and let me enter your rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.